Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his cousin gives you sports betting tips. I am your host, Professor Sides. For the latest updates, information, and picks, you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides, and you can follow my cousin Jared on Twitter at Cousin Jared. This Major League Baseball episode covers every game scheduled to be played on Monday, September 5th, 2022. In case you're new here, I built a mathematical model for win probability using hitter and pitcher projections I've created. Note that total projections based on the morning weather data will be added to the sheet in the later portion of the morning. I'll make one money line or one line pick on every game that's played seven days a week, though there are no Sunday shows. That doesn't mean that I recommend you the same as my goal in this episode is to share key information about today's games, give you a few things to think on, and explain why certain plays are being recommended in order for you to come up with picks that you are comfortable with. We never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick, but rather to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with us or against us before investing your hard-earned money. And as we go through the plays, you remember that there are no locks in gambling, so we'll all give you our loves, likes, and leans indicate my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. And as always, please remember that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to say it'll be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Because, uh, John, I feel like it's been a while since we've had you on here with baseball, but for the last five weeks, winning weeks. So, I, I, I mean, you've been on bed stamps, so I guess that's good for the, for the people out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, since like the middle of June, like just no complaints about baseball yeah. at all. It's just yeah. been like nothing but roses, really. So yeah, yeah, always good to hop back on here. Obviously, like I'm like waist deep in college football right now. And so Ooh, it's, yeah. really, it's really nice to just like hop into baseball every once in a while and just remember like how great things have been going and, you know, kind of get excited about the postseason coming up in just a handful of weeks now. Yeah, in our in our Discord server, we've got uh, a channel for MLB plays, and on Saturday at some point, I was like, "Hey guys, remember baseball?" <laughs> I think <laughs> I think I, I think Jake was like, "I didn't think they played on Saturdays." You know, it's yeah, like kind of just like an afterthought almost. It's it's still happening, people. We're, we're here. We're we're on Discord. You know, join join our, our Patreon and, and you know get access to that server and see all the fun things that we have going on. Yeah, yeah, still doing well. I talked and I and I put on that server today. I tweeted about this that uh, here for the Sunday uh, Astros game. I was like, hey, with this warm weather, I think the Astros are gonna put up at least seven runs. I get nine, uh, so that there was a go. lot of fun. And I put on there too my 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 struggles with the play of the day. I was like, it's got to be the Pirates, y'all. It's my biggest edge. I was like, nah, I just couldn't do it. And so, hey, you know, you knew the Pirates are my number two. So uh, yeah, at, at yeah. least we got that one uh, two and one on the A plays there on the Sunday picks that were posted to. Uh, Twitter and on the Google Sheet, but again, another winning week. Uh, yeah, it's like you said, things have been rolling well. It's like, we'll randomly have like a losing week and then bounce back with like another really strong one right after that. So it's been yeah. a lot of fun. Uh, a picks, great. B picks doing much better here the last yes. month and a half. Yes. Uh, C picks doing really well too. I, I think the C picks are like, the C picks are really being carried. And, and it's, I mean, it's, I, like I say with the C picks, there's like half the C picks that I'm like, I'm making a pick on every game, and there's half the C picks that I'm like, these are worth a look maybe. And the C picks I think are being yeah. carried by these random big dogs, just randomly winning carriers to like massive profits when they win yeah. plus 300 winners. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's just been a lot of fun um, before we get to uh, today's slate. Some reminders real quick. Please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And the only way is to make you turn notifications on to ensure you don't miss any the college basketball, MLB or college football content that this channel provides. Share with the friend if you know others in the game. Hit us up on Twitter or drop a comment if you're on YouTube. We love those and try to respond to as many as we can. We've also partnered with Horse Racing Today. For those of you who like to play the ponies, you can find their stuff at horseracingtoday.net. CRC of five with over 125 years to combine experience in handicapping horse races. There isn't an angle they don't know or bias they can't identify. 
check out our YouTube shows or the website. Links are in the description. And as a reminder, what Cousin Jared brought up, we've started that Patreon page for those of you looking to support the show. Membership starts at just $3 per month. Benefits include things such as exclusive access to that Discord channel we talk about. We're constantly talking about plays, line movements, and general fun sports things. And both ad-free and early access to shows. We're recording all shows at night these days. So if you're a night owl, this is the way to get the shows right when they're done. Recording instead of the following morning. Note that at the tentative time, shows will be released on the website at www.pickswiththeprofessor.com slash schedule. Some uh, Labor Day day baseball here on a Monday. Games throughout the day should be a lot of fun. We're going to kick it off at 1235 Eastern. The first pitch from the Mets and the Pirates. Uh, I mentioned that Pirates A-grade run line winner. And, and I talked about this a couple of people on Twitter. The B plays, part of the reason they were struggling was I really think for so much of the season, it was those frisky underdogs. And I was like, there's a big edge here. We got to look at the underdog. And for so long, I was just stubbornly sticking to money line. And you see the Pirates today, a perfect example where I said, there's a huge edge. We could take them on the run line. Sure enough, they lose by one. Um, and that was the, the the perfect play there. And so seeing that the run lines, switching upon doing this is, is kind of helping making those B picks stronger. Today, I'm going back to the well with the Pirates on the run line. Only a B grade on this one, but I think the Pirates are a live dog to look at here. Uh, Mitch Keller versus Taiwan Walker. The underlying metrics for these pitchers are almost identical. Um, Taiwan Walker gets a little bit of a nod here uh, with regards to his rating. Uh, he's done better on the season, but underlying metrics, I think these two guys are really close. I think Keller can keep them in the ball game. Obviously, the, the Pirates relievers aren't that good, and, and, and the Mets are a really good team. Uh, but a total of eight and a half in this one, I, I think the Pirates can hang in there, even money. I think it's worth a shot here. Some on the Pirates run line with a B-grade pick. On the money line, the model says plus 188 is a little bit of an edge here, as the model thinks it should be 177. So it's one of those cases where I think it's Pirates or pass as good as the Mets are. I wouldn't want to fade Keller at these crazy high prices on the road. I think the Pirates are the side to look at worth an investment. Again, I'm on the run line, even money, B grade pick. Cousin Jared, what do you got for us? So if there's going to be one Pirates pitcher that it actually keeps them in a game with the Mets, it's going to be Keller. So that's kind of what makes me feel good about my pick here, which I am also going with the Pirates plus the one and a half runs. Uh, if you follow us on BetStamp, you've probably noticed that I um, – have a love hate relationship with run lines and mostly that I hate them and I don't <laughs> like to, I don't like to play them. That was um, me for the first couple of months. That's why I stopped doing it. And I was like, nah, I gotta, I gotta do it. You know? Well, and it's been really hard for me to make that change because things have been going so well for, for me that, that it's like, well, why do I want to go in and kind of throw this, this, this wrench into things. So there's really just a couple of situations where I would ever play a run line. We're going to talk about both of them here today. Uh, the, and the first one is, is if I'm getting even or plus odds on mm. a run line, obviously, got to feel good about that so you know i saw this i was thinking about a play on the money line but the fact that i could get the even money with the the run and a half there then that makes me feel a lot better about that so i'm also going to take the one and a half runs with pirates again a very rare situation where i would take a run line we'll talk about another situation here in just a few minutes where i i, I would take one uh but but really i i wouldn't disagree with the, the money line on on this either i think there's a little bit of value there and you're plus 190 you would think i mean i i don't pay super close attention to it but you would think that this line would the money line would probably move towards the Mets as, as the day goes on and more money comes in on this. You would just think. Um, and, and so if it gets it to like 195 or something, then I would definitely be like, yeah let's, play the, yeah, let's play the yeah. the Pirates on the money line. But for where we're at right now, um, I'll take the plus one and a half at even money. Yeah, and and you got to feel great with a great closer like Edwin Diaz for the Mets too. Uh, in the Sunday game here, the Pirates uh, had threatened in the ninth inning and having run line, I'm like, 
no, just lose by a run. They get a guy, yeah. they get a couple of other, like, and, yeah. and, and the, 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 thankfully they close it out. But yeah, with Diaz, if it's like three, two, you'd be like, great. We're locked up yeah. at three, two, got the win. Don't care. Exactly. <laughs> um, 105 Eastern first pitch with the twins at the Yankees. Chris Archer versus Jamison Tyon. I don't know how I keep ending up backing Chris Archer. I don't really think he's a good pitcher, but you know, here we are again on the twins. Um, 452 ERA on the season. Underline metrics say that's pretty spot on. Uh, Tyon, 397 ERA on the season. The advanced metrics say that's pretty spot on. I mean, Tyon's definitely a better pitcher. Offensively, the Yankees offense still grades out better, but against righty on righty, the model actually thinks the twins offense is better as the way it's constructed right now. Twins relievers better. I think the twins got a shot in this one. Model says it should be Yankees minus 133. So twins plus 152 offers tremendous value. If you can get anywhere near that plus 150 price on the twins in the money line, I'm going to go run line. Cousin Jared just talked about the run line and the issues he's had with it. I totally understand that's the issues I've had with it. But in general, for the most part, these are the types of games that the run line has been more profitable. We're going to give it a whirl here and see if that's true. Uh, but for the most part, these uh, medium-sized dogs have been more profitable because of the run line because a lot of them have lost by exactly one. We talked about the Pirates, you know, here on Sunday. Um Especially as the road team, you know, if the Yankees are to win in a walk-off, it's not impossible, but it's more likely they win by one. So this is one where the run line has been a more profitable venture, whereas the money line's been more profitable as you've gotten into the crazy high dogs or more of the coin toss type games. So I'm on the run line here. A great pick on the Twins. Tremendous value, whether it's money line or run line. Either one, I think, makes a lot of sense. It's not that I think Chris Archer's a good pitcher. I've got him at about a full standard deviation below tie-on. It's the fact that the Twins relievers are better. And their offense, righty on righty, actually grades out right now better than the Yankees. And that's not really taking into account the Yankees slump as much as it's taking into account the full season data we have on the Yankees and who is healthy model likes the twins offense more. So, so slightly better offense, better relievers twins got a shot in this one, a lot of value on Minnesota. I'm on the run line with an a grade pick. Cause Jared, what's your play? We've talked about this plenty of times here this year. The math is the math people, and there's a big edge on the twins here. The thing is, is that this does not fall into the category where I would typically play a run line. So I'm just taking the twins on the money line here. Uh, Let's just say, you know, plus 152 plus 148 plus 150 something in that neighborhood i think it's a it's a good play there uh you mentioned all the reasons the righty on righty and all that all that good Mm -hmm. stuff you know whatever the number the math is what the math is big edge on the twins so that's the way i'm playing it but i'm playing them on the money line we uh we talked about you know some merchandise you know some shirts or whatever and i think i think when we get to the merchandise stage i think i think the first shirt we have to make is the math is the math right i don't know whatever i would buy 10 shirts there you go. Yeah, give, give them to all your friends and family. Yeah. Uh, we have one more game in the early slot here. 105 Eastern first pitch. Blue Jays at the Orioles. We have no idea which pitchers are going in this game. Uh, in the first game or the second game. Actually, we know which pitchers are going in the day, just not which game. I looked at multiple sources from 538 to fan graphs to a couple of beat reporters. And it seems like they're all crisscrossing who's going where. And so I'm not going to talk about it. Once we figure it out, I'll put those pitchers in. We'll have an update. There's no line on this out because nothing's official anyway. So nothing even really to talk about on this or the second one I was pointing out. The first game is early. Uh, so check the sheet and Twitter on that. And then uh, once we know more in the morning, we'll, we'll, we'll have that out for you. We, we, we have to hope one of those matchups is going to be Gaussman and Lyles though. Right. Cause like, that's the one I want to see from a fan standpoint. Yeah. I think that yeah. would be the, the better one. Yes. Um, 14 Eastern first pitch brewers at the Rockies. Uh, no official line for us right now. There are a couple of places hanging numbers. I've got a number on this one as well. And a, and a, and a 
pick I really like, and I'll tell you the numbers about it here in just a second, Adrian Hauser versus Ryan Feltner, a Rockies team that we really like more at home than on the road coming back to Denver. Um, two pitchers that are below average, Feltner 570 ERA, but the underlying metrics say it's about a run better than that. Hauser, a 502 ERA, underlying metrics say probably better than that, but also struggling coming back from injury. A guy I do not trust whatsoever right now in Adrian Hauser. And even though the model says he's slightly better than Feltner right now, I don't really think that's the case. I think these pitchers are about even right now. Obviously, Brewers offense better and relievers better, but Rockies, you cannot uh, account for their home field with regards to the matchups of the hitters and the pitchers, as much as it's just, it, it's a massive advantage. They're playing at a different altitude, how it affects how the ball moves, the spin on the pitches that the Rockies know what they're doing there and opposing teams struggle historically every single season. They have a great home field. edge. so, so modeling that in the Brewers should still be favored here because they're still a better team, but I think it should be short favorites. The model says minus one thirty eight. Right now, I'm seeing a couple prices on the Rockies in the plus 140s. I'm all over the Rockies in the plus 140s. In the plus 140s, it's a B-grade play. If you can get up to the plus 150s, now you're talking about potentially an A-grade play. The question you have to ask yourself here, and Cousin Jared's already laid out his strategy, but the question you have to ask yourself here is run line or money line with total in the 11 to 12 range. Yeah. It, 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 it makes it, it's just a whole different calculus because you expect right. a lot of runs and that makes it more likely that it's not a one run game. So if you're going to the run line, you thankfully don't have to pay a premium for it like you do in other games, but also it's less valuable. So it's kind of one of those, you're getting what you pay for type things. I, I would probably just take uh, money line on the plus odds and not mess with the run line in this game. Obviously you have to see what the odds are, but again, I, I'm probably sticking money line and just saying high scoring game. I don't trust Hauser at all. And I know the Rockies did play twice here on Sunday, but uh, like I said, I, I think at home against Hauser, I think they got a chance to pull it off. I think they should be underdogs, but not by much. So I'm looking for plus one forties to be a B grade play at plus one fifties. A grade for me. Cause you have any thoughts on this one. No, you just outlined exactly how I would be looking at this one. If this is plus 150 or above, I'm on the Rockies money line. Uh, to your point, just because of the total being this high, there's no way I'm playing a run line. Neither it, I mean, I guess maybe if you were playing the favorite here and you want to lay the run in the half, maybe you do that. Yes, uh, yes. But in this situation where we're playing the dog, I, I'm yes. not taking the run in the half. I'm playing the it, money line. It'd have to be the odds would just be really worth it. You know, one of those where it's like, if you're still at plus odds on the run line, now I'm interested just because yeah, you're not yeah. paying much, but again, you're not getting much. You're not getting that much value at it. The total here, it, you know, hangs in the 11 to 12 range right. uh, for today's turn. First pitch Red Sox at the Rays. Michael Waka versus Luis Patino Waka, uh, a fantastic season, 256 ERA. He's not that good. That's a little bit of smoke and mirrors, but still those underlying metrics have him in the upper threes. Uh, a pitcher who gets an above average rating. Now a little resurgence here for the Red Sox, the former Ray now. Uh, facing facing his former team. Uh, Luis Patino, 395 ERA, only in 13 and two-thirds innings. Underlying metrics say it's not been that good, and the model is not high on him whatsoever. I think the Red Sox should be favored in this game. Model says minus 110, just mainly based, based on the difference in these pitchers. Again, I'm not sure Waka is quite as good as that ERA, but I think he's still above average, and I, I the model is not high on Patino whatsoever. Otherwise, these teams are pretty similar. Rays have better relievers, uh, but offensively, it's pretty much a wash. Uh, Red Sox have a little bit better of an offense, but not by a ton. Obviously, it should be a relatively low-scoring game in that ballpark. There are some numbers out there, no official line for us to play yet, but the numbers that I'm seeing out there are where the Red Sox are maybe slight favorites in this one. Again, if I get even money, I'm excited about the Red Sox. If I'm laying a number, 
I just don't want to get too high. You know, minus 101, minus 102, maybe up to minus 105. I still think the Red Sox are worth a play. It's just a lot harder to be excited. But plus odds, I'm getting excited about the Red Sox here. That's the way I'd rather look. All depends on the price. There's a price you can talk me into the raise, but I don't think we're going to see it. So I'll probably be on the Red Sox. The other question is just how much. Uh, Cousin Jared, what do you think? I think you laid out a good a good, a good reasoning for for the Red Sox there. Actually, I have quite a few thoughts on this one. At, at this point, so I understand like the underlying metrics for Waka aren't that great, but at some point you just have to be like the season that he's had is is really good. So maybe you kind of have to just say, hey, the model may just be missing on on this one a little bit, and, and he's just just doing something that's not really explainable, just having a, a better season than most. Um, the other thing I would say is I would I. I'm hoping that you get a little more value on the Red Sox here just because how the Rays were so hot uh, during, mm-hmm. during August. They won a lot of games, so hopefully that kind of moves the number more towards the Rays there. And then, and then you mentioned Patino, just the underlying metrics aren't aren't there, which you know you, you say that about about Waka and Patino. Maybe his, his ERA is a little better than what the underlying metrics are, but certainly you know you don't feel good about you know very different. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, Waka's Waka's underlying metrics not being as good. He's still pretty solid. <laughs> versus, yeah, yeah Patino's underlying metrics are like. I'm not sure this guy should be starting for a team that's going to make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm like you, I, I think probably even more value maybe than what the the model puts on here, just because it doesn't appreciate Waka that much. So I'm like you definitely anything around even money, sign me up for the Red Sox money line. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one more game here in this late afternoon time slot four fifteen Eastern first pitch and that's at the Cardinals. Annabelle Sanchez versus Jack Flaherty Sanchez. A 505 ERA in his 46 in the third innings underlying metrics issue. We've got to run higher. Not a good pitcher whatsoever. Doesn't really have much left in the tank at this point in his career. Nationals, not a good offense, not good relievers. Cardinals, much better team here at home. The question mark you have with the Cardinals is all about Jack Flaherty, a pitcher who at one point was like maybe one of the top 10 pitchers in the National League, top 15, right? I mean, there was a time when he was really highly regarded and just can't stay healthy when he's been healthy. It's been not great. Yeah. He's tried three games this season and hasn't really gone well. Trying it again. Obviously a hope for health for guys. Hopefully he's finally figured it out, but there's a lot of question marks around what he's going to be able to provide with regards to, can he look good? Can he stay out there? What sort of life does he have on his pitch yeah. with regards to velocity and with regards to movement? A lot of questions here, but as, as, I'm, as I'm always talking about with pitchers coming back, you always have to see what kind of landing spot you got. Pretty soft here with the Nationals offense, and that's that's soft, relievers. Soft is one way to describe it, yes. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Nationals, Nationals relievers, you know, solid. And, and the Nats scoring some runs against the Mets. I mean, don't, you know, can't yeah. take that away from them, but that's not performance. Someone in the comments would be like, the Nats scored 14 runs this weekend i know yes but like weird things happen in baseball like that's yeah. not I, if you think they're going to score 14 the next two days I, i'd like to take the under on that like i just don't see their offense being that yeah. good right it, it, it you can't take away what they did but they're not that good obviously so that's in, in flaherty's favor model says cardinals minus 252 i'm on the cardinals at minus 248 it's a b-grade pick it's the softest of b-grade picks i'm optimistic that either flaherty can pitch well or if he doesn't there's enough guys in that cardinals pen who can go long that i think they can shut the nats 
down. The Nats coming off of a couple big wins this weekend. I just don't think they can keep that up. Uh, so I like the Cardinals here. It's I hate these odds at minus 248. They're really high, but I went into it when the model said 252. I said, all right, anything better than 250? I was just I was hoping for it to be a little bit further away from 250 than this one was yeah. before playing it. But you know what? I'm sticking with my guns here. I think it's worth an investment. It's big odds. I'll take the Cardinals on the money line. I really debated run line. I don't know. It, I don't know. I, I flipped the coin. The coin said the coin said money line. So here we are. Yeah. I think either are smart plays. Uh, I, I think that I think the Cardinals are really likely to win this game, and so it's a safer play. You are paying for it. Better odds, obviously, on the run line. But there are a couple of worlds where the Cardinals win in a walk off fashion, one by one. So. More likely this one wins, but I'm paying the premium for it. It's the give and yeah. take of sports betting that you have to decide. I think run line is also a really smart play. Cousin Jerry, tell us why you're on the run line. Yeah, yeah, I'm on, I'm on the run line here for a couple of reasons. Number one, maybe the only thing I dislike more than run line is really, really, really heavy favorite odds. Yeah. And that minus 248 with Flaherty on the mound uh, doesn't oh, make me yeah. feel super comfortable. But now I'm going to give you the second reason why I would play a run line. I, I mentioned earlier is because I was getting even money on the run line. That's one scenario where I would play the run line. The other one is, is when you go look at this beautiful spreadsheet that Professor has that has so much information, everything you would ever need to make a play on a baseball game he has the starter with their projection next to it so he's got the starter name and there's a number and all i know is that the lower numbers by that pitcher are mean they're good and the higher number means they're bad and yep, anibal yep. sanchez is a bad pitcher we've got yep. a 120 maybe one yep. of the highest numbers i've seen for a pitcher all season so sure sign me up one of the worst starters in major league baseball is going against your team i will gladly lay the one and a half runs in this scenario because basically no matter what you get out of Clarity, you're probably not going to be getting much, yeah. if anything else, better out of Anibal Sanchez. I think he even changed his jersey number like last week. Or did like, he really? Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> if the guy, if the guy's having such a bad season, mm. that he changes his jersey number with a month left in the season. Like you know, he's just searching for anything. So yeah, and that wasn't that wasn't one of those like got a new guy in the trade. He he bought the jersey number off of him. He was just no, like, just change, change it. it. Wow. Yeah, just want to change it. So yeah, wow. yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna fade that guy. So yeah. I'm gonna lay the one and a half runs and take the Cardinals yeah. here. Yeah, that makes sense. And Cardinals off, it's a lot better. Uh, like I said, you don't know what you're getting from Flaherty, but Flaherty and or whatever's coming behind him in relief will be better than whatever Sanchez throws at you. Yeah, um, yeah we, we see a lot of mid-120s, upper-120s, you know, once every year, so often. I think I think Aller, Adam Aller, who's the guy I always pick on, poor guy. I'm sure he's a nice guy. And again, yeah. he could strike me out. But uh, I think he's usually hovering around 130. So, I mean, that, he's usually the bottom of the barrel that we consistently see. So, I mean, 120 is not that far away from it. There's not that many guys in between. So, yeah, yeah. Like say one of the worst pitchers in that's that's still getting to start in baseball yeah 129 was was his rating from his last start yeah yep there you go uh 640 eastern first pitch uh, evening game for most of us late afternoon if you're out there uh in california diamondbacks at the padres uh ryan nelson for the diamondbacks is gonna get the start here a, a reliever who will be opening he may go a few innings but he doesn't project to go extremely deep like snell for the padres a guy in snell we've talked a lot about here i keep saying pitch, continues to pitch really well as the season goes along uh, a little shaky early on come back from injury but just having a solid season here uh, approaching 100 innings on the season, 387 ERA. Underline metrics have it in the low threes. Just continues to look better and better. Uh, Diamondbacks offense really talked about this uh, last week. Really left-handed heavy uh, with all the new guys coming up, and so that gives them a little bit of a ding. Um, uh, models all over the Padres here says it should be minus 214. The only question is what price 
we can actually get another one where there's no official line for us right now. Uh, the prices that I'm seeing around other shops for this one have it about this number. If I could get something around minus 200, I'm, 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 I'm in. Uh, another one that you could look run line as well. It just all kind of depends on the odds here. But if it starts with a one, I'm definitely in on the Padres, whether it's money line or run line. If it's low 200s, I still think the Padres are the play. I'd probably still play the Padres up to about minus 220. Uh, once it gets up to that high, it's really just lost all its value. But again, I, I like Snell. I kind of consistently think he's better than the model realizes. He's pitched so well this season. Uh, and again, the Diamondbacks against the lefty, I have no faith in him whatsoever. So I'd like the Padres here. I just don't want to pay too big of a price. Again, hoping for ones. Uh, up to minus 220, still probably apply just that lower confidence level. Uh, Cousin Jerry, what do you think for us? Yeah, so I don't have anything to say about this game. I want to ask you, what has happened to Sean Maniah? Because I'm very, very oh, concerned man. about what has happened to him. Because he um, was like, like decent, like good, decent, mm -hmm, and then all of a sudden mm -hmm. the wheels came off. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe like an invasion of the body snatchers thing, you know, I don't know. <laughs> maybe maybe I am now Sean Manaya and he and <laughs> and he's now me, and, and that's that's about what I look like out there pitching. No, yeah. I don't know. Like you said, the, the wheels have come off for a guy who who's always been inconsistent up and down, but yeah. always been able to kind of find it, and he hasn't even come close to finding it. Um, no. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, all, the Padres have a billion starters, and they all just seem to be going in different directions. It's kind of like they're all over yeah. the place. It seems like you, well, that's partially kind of what brought up the question. But you know, I'm still, I'm, I'm sure I'm still the only person who like reads the bottom line on ESPN when I have it on. But like every time that I see Sean Mania's name pops up, it has like this really hideous crooked number next to it and yeah. earned runs, and so it just seems like it's been that way for a long. Anyway, I have nothing to say about this game. I just have to ask you, as somebody who is intimately familiar with Sean Mania. What has happened to him? So thank Somehow you. Somehow we and we both roster him on our fantasy teams. I, yeah, I don't, or, yeah. or did this year, which is yeah, yeah, bad times. Yeah, bad times, bad times. <laughs> There's a reason why my my fantasy team has been like really all over the map, and it's partially because I seem to have guys like that. <laughs> it's been yeah. like maybe maybe if I'm on again before the end of the season, we can discuss my fantasy team, but we'll save that for later. All right, all right. Six forty Eastern first pitch. White Sox at the Mariners. White Sox. Playing really well with Larusa now out there. We always talk about how how bad he is at managing at this point in time. Um, <laughs> he is bad he is as an bad. understatement. Yeah, He's bad. Um, uh, got an acred winner here on the Twins uh, here to close out the week, which was nice. Uh, they'll they'll face the Mariners, who uh, you know what what can you say about them? I, I've been on them for most of the season here lately. Yeah. They've, they've they've done us well. Lance Lynn versus Marco Gonzalez. Hey, Lance Lynn, a guy I keep telling you about, you know, underlying metrics are there. And sure enough, last time yeah. out, he made us look really good. Uh, his ERA is down to 470. Underlying metrics say upper threes. Not a, not a grade A pitcher, but, you know, model gives him a 91 rating. Solid pitcher. Uh, Marco Gonzalez, 399 ERA, but that's deflated by pitching in the pitcher's ballpark. Underlying metrics have it close to five. I mean, Lynn's the better pitcher in this game, hands down. Um there's really no other way to slice it. I know you're going to talk about ERA if you disagree with that, but again, ERA does a good job of telling us what did happen. It does do a good job of telling us what's going to happen. I'd much rather have Lance Lynn than Marco Gonzalez. Um, I'm concerned about the White Sox offense still projecting better against a left-handed pitcher in there, but the model is taking that into account and does really heavily factor that in in these extreme situations like this. Uh, Mariners, of course, relievers better. That's their, their main strength here. Games in Seattle. My biggest concern on this game, Cousin uh, Jared, did the Mariners just play a Sunday night baseball game? Because the Guardians apparently have the worst warning track ever made. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, know. does that qualify as Sunday Night Baseball? I don't know. I don't know. Right? We have the whole yeah. curse of Sunday Night Baseball. We're going to talk a lot about it today because there's there's yeah. a lot happening here uh, from the teams playing in Sunday Night Baseball. Uh, of course, what was the Padres? We just talked about. There's no line on it yet to really dissect, yeah. but the Padres did just play on Sunday Night Baseball. Uh, the Mariners played a game that was started at you know yeah. one o'clock local time had a rain delay, then had the issue for the second time now in the last couple of weeks where the warning check floods and the field's fine, but they got to figure out how to deal with that. The game ended as late as, uh, you know, not that much earlier than the, the Dodgers-Padres game ended. So yeah. you really have to wonder, the biggest thing about the Sunday Night Baseball curse, part of it, obviously not a curse, it's just the best word we can use here, right? But part of that effect has been those games are generally bigger games. You're up for them, and then you come off that high. It's a long season. It's a grueling season. Maybe not being able to get up the next day quite as focused. You know, part of it, though, is the travel. The team you're playing has been at that location, rested up when you've been traveling all night, and that travel makes a little bit of an impact. So, the question you have is, did the Mariners just play a Sunday night baseball game in Cleveland, and now they've got to travel across the country back yeah. home to Seattle? Better than going the other direction and playing a day game, I guess, but that's my right. only concern. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to affect – that's one of my concerns, the White Sox against the lefty, you know, stronger. Yeah. That said, this is a pretty strong edge here. It's not a lot in terms of price because you're always talking about this, though. The differences yeah. in cents matter a lot more on even money. The model says 117, so minus 108 is a pretty strong Mariners edge here. So I'm going to back the Mariners, trust the model. It's only a B-grade pick, though. Even if this gets any lower, it's hard to give it an A-grade pick just because the uncertainty around who knows how that travel and that late game is going to affect things when that just went completely awry. So I like the Mariners here as short favorites. I just can't be too heavily invested in them because I don't know I don't know how that travel is going to affect things. So I like the Mariners. I just I can't say I love them as much as I do love the Mariners and as good as yeah. they've been to us. Yeah. Uh, only a B-grade play for me. Cousin Jared, what do you think? Well, okay, so I do have to say I am the number one subscriber to uh, can you play the Mariners today? And the answer is yes, you can play the Mariners today. But here's the other problem. I'm also a viewer of of this show. And, you know, I I don't just come in here and look at the spreadsheet. I listen every day. And the professor has been telling us for at least a few weeks now about how Lance Lynn is really coming around the metrics. He's figuring it all out. And so everything the professor just laid out for you there – can't believe I'm saying this. I can't bring myself to pull the trigger on on the Mariners right now just because I think Lynn is figuring it out. That being said, if this line does move much more, I mean, I don't even think it would have to get to even money. If this got down to like minus, uh, you know, I had minus 105 in my head, but even like minus 102, minus 101, I don't even even know if I had to get to even money. I would pull the trigger on the Mariners just because the Mariners have been so good to us this this year. So uh, I'm just going to wait this one out. I, I feel like I'd feel dumb fading Lynn with how he's been pitching lately. Um, So, but if this gets any closer to even money, I I will be on the Mariners. I'm wondering about total seven and a half and I'll I'll update the totals uh, here later on in the day in the Google sheet. Maybe by the time you listen to this, maybe they're already out. Um, What what the model says the total should be. I'm just wondering seven Mm -hmm. and a half and that pitchers park. um, Yeah. But the way Lynn's been pitching, I'm wondering if under seven and a half is the way to go on that one as well. So just something to keep it. I'd obviously rather have eight that push protection, but I mean, even seven and a half, I, I feel like seven's, the most likely outcome for this game. And yeah. I can easily see a two, two to one, two to one, two to nothing, you know, three, you know, something like that type ball game, you know, yeah. one, one team, either team, you know, 
not scoring a bunch of runs wouldn't surprise me in this one. I mean, yeah. Mariners, I, I, with all their good relievers, again, don't have to tax Gonzalez. If Gonzalez is rolling, he can pitch. If he's struggling, get him out after four or five and go to that great bullpen. Yeah. Um, like I said, e- either team scoring one or two runs, I'd be like, sure. So, I mean, I, I just I wonder about the under seven in this one, too. Yeah, and, and if the, the Sunday night baseball curse is real and it does affect the Mariners, maybe they didn't spot, you know, the White Sox win 5-1 or something like that. And you still exactly. get that under. So. Still get the under. Yep, something to think about there. Uh, 7-5 Eastern will be game two of the Blue Jays Orioles again mentioned don't really know much about that one so we're skipping right on through that to the other game at this time slot 17 Eastern first pitch ladies and gentlemen welcome to the Hunter Brown era in Houston a prospect that nobody had heard of two years ago has rocketed up the Astros prospect rating system here um does not yet get a rating from the model uh, that's mainly because he rocketed up the system so fast. There's just not yeah. a ton of data on him at the upper levels. Um, but just a fantastic you know, run for him. I'm pretty high on him as an Astros fan, not just from a prospect thing, but I just, his stuff looks so good from what I've seen of him. Yeah. I, I think he's got a chance to be something special. And the benefit for him is that they don't have to, you know, there, there is enough depth in that Astros bullpen, enough guys. Seth Martinez, you know, we talked about you know, when the Astros sent him down, how many teams would love to have him as like their seventh inning guy. He can go multiple innings. Abreu can go multiple innings. And Abreu ranks is one of their, believe it or not, when I, I pull, it's a player-based model. When I pull the projections on Abreu, he's like their third best reliever. Yeah. I mean, you got a lot of guys who can go multiple innings. So the, the benefit to Hunter Brown is he can go out there, throw as hard as he can, go two times through, throw four or five innings and be done. He doesn't have to go seven. Um, so I think it sets up really well for him and it utilizes the strength of the Astros bullpen, which is, you know, B- Presley's pretty good, but you know, once you get past him, uh, the rest of the relievers, there's no one that's really great. The strength of the Astros bullpen is two through seven are all pretty dang good. Yeah. Um, but, but their number two isn't as good as most people's number twos. Number three isn't good as most number people's number threes, but, but their number seven is as good as most teams. Number fours, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so that sets up to utilize the strength of the Astros bullpen. Obviously the Astros offense is better than the Rangers. Martin Perez for the Rangers, a pretty good pitcher in his own right. Talked about this a lot though, with the Astros being better against lefties. And that's been true. The two times they faced Perez, uh, I was a little bit concerned. The Astros would hit, wouldn't hit or Perez around, but they hit him around last time out. Uh, the first time that they faced him this year, they struggled the first time to the lineup, but they hit him around the, the second time to the lineup. Again, it goes back to the Astros just hit lefties really well. Perez is having a really good season, but this sets up for another Astros victory, in my opinion. Uh, model says Astros minus 146. I'm going to with the Astros at minus 155, and it's a B-grade pick. I think the model's underestimating Hunter Brown in this situation because it doesn't realize that, again, it sets up to be the strength of the Astros in the situation. Model can't nail every situation perfectly, but I think it should actually – I think the model's just underestimating the situation. As good as Perez is, I think this sets up for an Astros victory here. So 155 is a B-grade play. I think it's a decent price. As long as it's better than minus 160, at that point, it's probably just more of a pass for me. I'd love less than minus 150, but even at this number, I still think the Astros are the play. Once the Astros get to Perez and get him out of the game, the relievers for the Rangers aren't very good. So a lot of ways the Astros can win this one. I'll take them here in Hunter Brown's Major League debut. Cousin Joe, what do you got? We've talked about it more than a few times on this show, kind of what my process is. And, and this kind of eliminates like my process kind of stops at, is there an edge anywhere? And the answers, according to the model, like, no, there's not a really a big edge here. So that's, so I'm not going to have a play on this game, but I, I have to say everything the professor just said, I think is an excellent reason why, if I had to pick a side, it would definitely be the Astros here. Um, it, the other thing I would say, like just stepping back from, from Hunter Brown for a second, just with 
the Astros and how they've managed their pitching staff, uh, you know, since when, you know, 2015, maybe like, I don't know, whenever they started winning, it's, it's really difficult to go back and think of a situation where they just didn't really manage a pitcher very well, whether that's, you know, pitch count or, you know, pitch sequencing or anything like that. I feel like they're always putting their uh, pitchers in a position to succeed. And I don't feel like that's going to be any uh, different with, with Brown here. I expect him to come in and and do really well. And, and and you mentioned, you know, kind of the, um, I I wouldn't say embarrassment of riches, but the embarrassment of, uh, 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 of depth that that the Astros yeah. have with 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 their pitching staff, and you think about that, Javier would be in the bullpen if Verlander hadn't gone on the injured list, yeah. and, they, and they traded Ray Odorisi earlier this year, who was having a pretty solid season after his first very starts. average, very average pitcher. Yeah, yeah, but but still but uh, had nothing to nowhere to put him. Exactly. So um, anyway, just kind of just stepping back from Hunter Brown and just kind of had, as the Astro, how the Astros have managed their pitching staff over the years. Like there, even though he, there's no, not much information on him, not much data on him. There's no reason to expect that he's not going to come out and be successful. So I think the Astros, if you had to pick a side, the Astros are the side. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's, a, it's a situation too. the other thing I'll, last thing I'll add on this one is kind of to your point is that as the Astros have been good, they've been able to bring up their pitchers and put them in successful situations. They haven't rushed them too early. This isn't the Orioles, who when they brought up D.L. Hall, who I think D.L. Hall is a fantastic prospect, has a ton of potential, was a situation where they kind of were looking for a starter because they didn't really want Spencer Watkins in their pitching anymore. And so they were kind of rushing him along and seeing what he could do, and it didn't really go well. And that's when they're like, now they're like, oh, well, now we'll kind of use him as a reliever, that sort of thing. The Astros with Hunter Brown, I don't think are in that situation with, like you said, all the starters they have, they don't need to do that. And and that's how they've been for the last several years, as good as they've right. been. When they've brought a guy up, it's been because they think he can succeed, not because they're rushing a guy and need someone. And obviously right. that wasn't the case, you know, 10, 15 years ago for the Astros. They would bring pitchers up and it was a lot of times they get hit around and it was rushing them a little bit too early because it was, we right. need someone who can do something and yeah. they weren't quite ready, but that's we, not the case. We, here we need about. bodies. At one we point, bodies, they just needed yeah. bodies. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Not the case these days. So yeah. I want the Astros here again be great play I don't love the price but I think it's as long as it's better than 160 I still think it's worth the investment Hey, 10 Eastern first pitch guardians at the Royals again same question did the guardians just play a Sunday night baseball game the weird yeah. all that delay I don't know what's going on with that they are traveling as well only to Kansas City uh, so better than traveling to Seattle um, and a game that's being played later in the day so that at least helps them out a little bit. Uh, Tristan McKenzie having a fantastic season, 318 ERA. Underlying metrics, though, do say it should be in the upper threes. So um, as good as he's looked, I think that Bra- uh, Brady Singer is still the better pitcher. Uh, Singer with a 333 ERA in the underlying metrics, so that's pretty spot on. So I, I give the Royals an edge here with regards to the starter. Uh, offensively, uh, Guardians offense a little bit better. Relievers definitely a lot better. That's, of course, the scary part here with the Royals. Uh, I'll take the Royals at plus 115, uh, just a lean. I, I'm taking the Royals. I think the Royals are worth a look here. Anytime you can back Singer at home at plus odds against not a not one of the top teams, I think it's worth a look here. He can win games by himself. He beat the Dodgers at home almost single-handedly as well. He's a good enough pitcher. He can get it done. Again, you got to get those plus odds, though. And again, I am concerned about the Guardians and the travel situation with that. So if that has any effect, that is lean Royals. But the odds just aren't favorable enough. The Guardians team is still pretty good, and those relievers are so scary good, and the Royals relievers aren't. So I can't go too heavy on the Royals here unless I got better odds. But a plus 115, I think it's worth a flyer. I'll take them on the money line here. C-grade pick, plus 115 on KC. Cousin Jared, what do you think? 
Yep, I agree with you. Uh, Singer is just about the only Royals pitcher that I would back. And anytime you got the opportunity to back him, I think that's a, the, a pretty good play. So uh, no play for me here, but just Brady, just the, the feeling of Brady Singer at home plus odds. Sure, why not? Yeah, right. That's kind of how I feel about it. It's like the odds are high enough for me to be excited, but it's like, sure, it's plus odds. Why not? Yeah. Uh, 907. Eastern first pitch, Tigers at the Angels. A pair of lefties here, Tyler Alexander and Jose Suarez. One lefty better than the other. Both these guys are pretty spot on with their ERAs with regards to how uh, well they've actually pitched this year. Alexander 476, Suarez 410. Those are, again, both pretty accurate. Suarez pretty average, Alexander not. Angels offense not great, but better than the Tigers offense. Tigers relievers is the only place they'll have an advantage in this game. Otherwise, offensively, for the first however many innings these starters are in, it's Edge Angels. Game's in Anaheim. Price is just too high for me to get excited about, though. Model says it should be Angels minus 167 and says there's no edge on either side. I'll take the Angels at minus 175, but right now it's priced really well. This is a situation where, you know, if we're going to start doing these here at night, there's oftentimes morning movements, you know, in the like, uh, 7.30-ish, 8 a.m.-ish Central Time. So that'd be, you know, a little bit before 9 on the East Coast, you know, around 6 a.m. maybe on the West Coast. There's these line movements. And this would be one where I'd just be curious to see where the line goes. If the Angels price gets lower, you can get a little more excited about backing the Angels. It's just too much of a premium at this point. Or if it gets even higher, you know, maybe you talk yourself into a, you know, taking a flyer on the Tigers and just saying, baseball's weird and the angels aren't that good. Um, but yeah. right now, like I said, I think it's just priced too well to just get excited about either side. Uh, what do you think about this one? If there are two teams that I have used this space to question more this year, I'm not sure <laughs> it's been anybody <laughs> except the angels and the tigers. So all I can the, say the is Nats, I, the Nats, the Nets. No, no. I, I definitely feel like I've talked more about the, the, yeah. the tigers and the angels here. So Seems no, right. I, I have nothing more to say about this game. I have expelled all of the words that I have about the Tigers and the Angels this season. Which is probably too many, to be honest, because both these teams aren't very good. Way too many. Like, maybe not on the Angels, but way too many words on the Tigers, yeah. for sure. Although, to be fair, like, I still can't wait for college football, the game, the Hawaii versus New Mexico State game, because I feel like we're going to spend, like, an hour on that one alone. So, I mean, we can talk about some bad sports, you know? Yeah, yeah. We are... we College football, if you have not watched our college football show, it is very niche content, people. It's, <laughs> it's very niche. We have something for everybody, I promise. And including, including in week two, the episode we just recorded, me flustering Cousin Jared with an underdog upset pick that he still probably can't get over and is confused about. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's too it's too much for me to to handle, to be Te honest with you. Teaser, you have to go watch it. He's just so floored, he like doesn't even know what to do. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, last game of the MLB slate here for your 2022 Labor Day. 10-10 Eastern first pitch, Giants at the Dodgers. Logan Webb versus Andrew Heaney. Two pitchers that the model says are about even. Both of them have sub-three ERAs. Heaney's ERA is actually down in the low twos, only in 46 innings on the season. Uh, underlying metrics for both these guys, low threes. I mean, the model likes both these guys. Um, Webb, obviously a guy who's going to give you more length and a guy who has more of a track record of being a very good pitcher. I don't think Logan Webb is Cy Young conversation worthy, uh, but I think he's you know, that, that one tier below that a very good starting pitcher. Heaney's not bad and a lot of times undervalued. Uh, obviously, the Giants offense is decent but nowhere near as good as the dodgers obviously the giants relievers aren't but these odds are way too high we've been fading the dodgers 
a lot. It's mostly worked. Back to Dodgers here uh, on Sunday. Sunday Night Baseball against the Padres. I said the odds weren't too bad. Didn't really love the price, but we backed them with, to a win. So I'm do- totally comfortable playing the Dodgers if the price isn't too bad. But here I think it's, again, too high. Model says it should be Dodgers 199, a price of 207. Right now it's just too much. I'm going to take the Giants plus 189, and I'm going B-grade play. I'm going curse of Sunday Night Baseball here. Strikes and the Giants pull an upset that confuses everybody. If anybody's going to pull an upset based off of the Sunday Night Curse, it's going to be a guy like Logan Webb where you look at it and you say, this isn't a curse. This is Logan Webb's very good at the baseball thing that he does yeah. every five or six days. He's a very good pitcher. I think he's got a chance to go out there and shut the Dodgers down. He also has a chance to get lit up by him, as does any pitcher. So that's the the risk you're obviously taking. Let's run line on this one. But I just think the money line's the way to go here. I think the, the, the Giants hang in there. They got a chance to win this game. And I, so I think the plus odds are going to be great. Um, if they get blown out, that's what happens when you take a chance on an underdog. I think yeah. they're an underdog that's worth a look, though. Again, the model does not take into account any extra special Sunday shenanigans. Um, so that's not priced in. If you were to price it in, the model probably would say something more like Dodgers minus 180, 170. Who knows exactly how low the model would go. Uh, but I think Logan Webb is good enough to make this price not this high. This price, this is being priced like the Giants are throwing a middle-of-the-road starting pitcher. And Logan Webb, not Cy Young caliber in my opinion, but still very good. And yeah. I think this is just some disrespect here. I like Heaney a lot. Uh, I think he's a very undervalued pitcher, but in this case, the Giants price is really worth a look. Be great play for me. I'm taking a chance with them and seeing if they can keep the Sunday Night Baseball curse going. The Cardinals broke it a little bit last week, but the Cardinals were playing a truly terrible baseball team. The Giants... Not that good, but Logan Webb is. I'm going to see if he can get it done. What do you think, Cousin Jared? Yeah, so I don't have really have anything else to add to, to what you said in regards to like picking a side on this game. I, the, I do find the total interesting, though, because it's at eight and a half. I know in Southern California it was approximately baking. Yeah, approximately baking was the temperature. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I'm wondering, I've seen the total eight and a half. With these two pitchers, I'm kind of wondering if it's going to be hot again, if that's why that total is at eight and a half, because that seems a little high. Um, Especially for a night game. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. so I'm wondering if that means it's going to be really hot there. And, and I think that would just lend more credence to you selecting to go with the money line as opposed to the run line. Because if it is hot, they could get to you know 10 or 11 runs. And anybody, then, you know, yeah, anybody could score a ton of runs. And at that point, and, I just, and, yeah, I just exactly. want the plus odds at that point. Yeah, yeah. So so I think the money line play is, is the is smart one there. If for some reason it turns out that like it's not burning up, I have no idea why this is totals eight and a half. But again, you know, check that in the morning when you wake up when you're watching this this show. Yeah, we know a lot more as it gets closer. Um, yep. Right now, it's supposed to be another hot one tomorrow during the day. Cool off a little bit at night. Right now, it looks like it's 7 o'clock local time there. It'll be 88 degrees, uh, closing around 81 degrees. So still warm. Uh, yeah. Not the 100 degrees that it was today. Uh, you, you said approximately temperature baking. Uh, our, our daughter <laughs> is a little over two, and she sometimes mixes up her numbers and her colors. Um, we asked her what color the school bus was, and she said two. And so uh, I feel like I feel like you were going to say the temperature was approximately in, in her world that she would say the temperature was approximately yellow, um, which yellow. she's about right. That's just go. it was hot. So, yellow, you know, that's what yeah, do. yeah, yeah. My da- my daughter is uh, three and a half. Going to getting close to, to four, I guess. And uh, her one of her favorite things to say is I'm sweating. And yeah. so, yes, it's been so hot that she would be sweating. There. Exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. Well, that are that's all the games that we have uh, today on this Labor Day. Cousin Jared, any parting words? There are so many ways to, to get involved and consume all the content that this channel mm-hmm. has, whether that is on YouTube, check us out on Twitter, Betstamp. We've got the new uh, Patreon that you can sign up, become part of our, our Discord channel or server that we have there. So, you know, 
really just all the ways to interact. We enjoy interacting with everybody. So we do. come on, you know, find a way to get more involved. We, we'd love to talk to you. We do. We do. You're absolutely right. Well, that's all we have for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. A reminder to check out the Google Sheet for model picks, projections, and results. You can find that link and more at the website, www.pickswiththeprofessor.com. If you haven't done so yet, please click that subscribe button to ensure all the sports betting content we provide on this channel is dropped right into your feed. Be back again tomorrow with more MLB content. And until then, remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.